0: Good deal. Listen to me, church. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. We as believers should live with an attitude of gratitude. Last week I talked to you a little bit about our attitudes. Our, Our attitude determines our altitude, all right? And we need to be living with an attitude of gratitude. To do that, it takes a perspective of praise, a mind frame of praise. But sometimes in life, we lose our perspective. Sometimes in life, we take our eyes off of God, the giver of all good things, a heavenly Father who loves us who we are to give praise and adoration to we take our eyes off of him and we put our eyes on the things of this world and the problems that surround us and because of that we lose perspective and we lose our praise so we need to have the right perspective kind of reminds me of a letter I read from a college girl. I've got a girl in college. Boy, I tell you what, if my girl ever sends me this letter, I'll just, I don't know what I'll do. I'll jump off a bridge, I think. Here's the letter this girl wrote to her mama. Dear mom, sorry I haven't written sooner. My arm really has been broken. I broke it and my left leg when I jumped from the second floor of my dormitory when we had the fire. Oh, we were lucky. A young service station attendant saw the blaze and he called the fire department. They were there in minutes. I was in the hospital for a few days. Paul, the service station attendant, came to see me every day. And because it was taking so long to get our dormitory livable again, I moved in with him. He's been so nice. We're in love and Paul and I plan to get married just as soon as he can get a divorce. I sure hope things are fine at home. I'm doing fine. I'll write more when I get time. Love your daughter, Susie. P.S. None of the above is true. But I did get a C in sociology and I flunked chemistry. (laughs) I just wanted you to receive this news in its proper perspective. But church, we need that proper perspective, don't we? So instead of focusing on turkey and footballs this next week, let's spend Thanksgiving giving thanks. Hmm? Let's say, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Those are the starting words of Psalms 103, one of my favorite Psalms. I've preached it before, but I'm going to preach it again to you today because it is the one chapter in the Bible in which there are no clouds of any sort. Psalms 103 is devoted exclusively to counting our blessings to praising our Lord and Savior. And it is the one chapter in the Bible that contains nothing but pure biblical praise. There are no dismal moods, no prayer requests, no petitions, no problems. Psalms 103 contains nothing but praise. So let me read the first five verses to you. Here's what the psalmist says. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who sacrifices and satisfies your mouth, and your desires with all good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Not the rock group either. So We're talking about the real bird there, all right? That your youth is renewed like the eagles. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would renew our spirit today as we choose to give praise and adoration to you. In Jesus' name, amen. G. Campbell Morgan was was not only a great preacher, he was a great writer. And he said that Psalms 103 was perhaps the most perfect psalm of pure praise to be found in the entire Bible. I like what Charles Spurgeon said. This chapter is one of those all-comprehending scriptures which is a Bible in and of itself. And it might alone almost suffice to be the entire hymn book for the church. Well, I'm here to tell you it is, it is a great passage of Scripture. And the very first words command, bless the Lord. Now, the writer is telling somebody to give praise to God. The question is, to whom is he speaking? Well, I'll tell you who he's talking to. He's talking to himself. He says, bless the Lord, oh my soul. The writer here is giving himself a much needed pep talk. Uh, The writer is David, king of Israel, who had learned a few things about dealing with his own moods. In fact, in 1 Samuel chapter 30, David finds himself in terrible, soul-crushing distress. And there was no one around who could comfort him. There was no one to encourage him. There was nobody to come alongside of him and give him a good pep talk. So what did David do? 1 Samuel 30 verse 6 says, David strengthened himself in the Lord. Woo, I like that, man. David strengthened himself in the Lord. Church, this is a most important technique for us to learn. Because a lot of times in our own life, there's no one around us to uplift us or encourage us. Sometimes we have no one to whom we can lean on. What do we do in times like that? Well, we need to learn to encourage ourselves in the Lord. We need to learn, as David did, to give ourselves pep talks, to talk ourselves out of depression and despair. Now some psychologists say that's impossible. You can't do that. How how do you do such a thing? Well, let me say it's just what what Psalms 103 is all about. He's teaching us this technique. The psalmist is talking to himself here, telling him the truth, telling himself the truth. David is telling himself the facts about the blessings and the benefits of God. He's saying to himself, self, this is the way God really is. These are the blessings. In fact, you might say that Psalms 103 is true, biblical, positive thinking. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Let me ask you, when was the last time you talked to yourself like that? When was the last time you said self? Self, you've been down in the dumps long enough. You've been fretting and fearful and faint hearted long enough. It's time to shake it off. So cheer up. Remember God's blessings to you. Don't forget all of his benefits toward you. Have you forgotten his divine presence That lives inside of you through the Holy Spirit? Have you been overlooking all of the promises that are found in the Word of God? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. Then the Lord takes us on a little tour. Kind of to remind us of the things that we need to be Thankful for. And the very first stop is at the courthouse. <laughs> he takes us right into the courthouse, into the courtroom where we can remind ourselves that we have been declared by the judge of the universe not guilty. Come on, people, this is about to get really good. So just wait. Balcony people, wake up. This is about to get real good. Look at the verses again. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives you all of your iniquities. He's the only one who can do that. God is the only one who has the privilege of forgiving us of our sins. And notice what it says. He doesn't just forgive us for a few of them. Like for half of them or 90% of them. No, he forgives us of all our iniquities. All of them. And he not only forgives us, he forgets it. Did you? He forgives and he forgets. We have a hard time with that, don't we? Somebody offends me, somebody sins against me. I might say I forgive them, but do I really forget about it? Or do I keep throwing it back in their face? What about our own sins? Let me tell you, there there are plenty of sins I've committed in my life. But let me tell you, every time I have sinned, the Holy Spirit has convicted me. And I've done what 1 John 1, 9 says. I confess my sins. I give them back to the Lord. I confess them. But you know what? There's a guy that keeps getting in my face and throwing those sins back in my face. His name is the devil. And the Bible says he is the accuser of the brethren. And he loves this tactic because it steals the joy in our life and it causes us not to give praise and thanks to God when we're hung back on that sin that we've committed that God's already forgiven us for. And so I'll go back to God, oh Lord, please forgive me of what I did when I was 16 years old. The next day, oh Lord, please forgive me of that sin I committed when I was 16 years old. Oh Lord, I'm just, I'm so sorry, please forgive me. And after about the third or fourth day, the Holy Spirit says, Will, what sin are you talking about? God forgave you of that sin back when you were 16 years old and you confessed it to him. He he doesn't even know what you're talking about now. He has forgiven and he forgets. In fact, later in verses 11 and 12, the psalmist uses a graphic comparison to underscore God's forgiveness. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, he said, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, So far has he removed your transgression from you. Well, praise the Lord for that. In other words, God's love and forgiveness is as vast and infinite as the universe. Who can imagine the size of our universe? Who can tell how high the heavens are above the earth? Who can measure the distance between the east and the west? That's how great God's forgiveness is. Let me tell you something, that's powerful. That is powerful enough to change a person's life. Ronnie Byers had grown up an an indulgent child, and as a teen it became worse. He became self-centered and oblivious to the needs of others. He married, fathered two children, bought a nice house, and purchased the most expensive bass boat that anyone has ever purchased in the state of Kentucky. But he soon wanted to flee all of his responsibilities. Telling his wife that he no longer loved her nor the children, he moved out of the house and he moved into a hotel room. There, when he walked into the room, the first thing he saw was this Gideon Bible sitting on the nightstand beside the bed. He promptly closed it. The next day, when he went back into his room after working, that Gideon Bible was opened. Well, this time he threw it on the lower shelf, but guess what? The next day when he came back in, it was on the top shelf, wide open. This time he took it and put it between the mattress and the box spring. When he came back in from working the next day, though, there that Bible was, opened on the night shelf. Boy, he was aggravated. So he hid it in a drawer beneath his underwear. (laughs) But the next afternoon when he came back in, there that Bible was. It was on the nightstand wide open. What he didn't know is this, that his wife had been praying with four friends every morning at 5.30, that God would get a hold of Ronnie's heart. And specifically, they prayed that every time he saw a Bible, they prayed that the Holy Spirit of God would convict him. Well, let me tell you, he was convicted. In fact, he was miserable. Ronnie decided to kill himself with the gun that he kept in the nightstand. But as he reached over for the gun, guess what was in his way? (laughs) It was that Gideon Bible, wide open. This time, though, he stopped and looked at it, and it was open to Psalms 103. And he read verses 11 and 12. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. God spoke to my heart through that verse, Ronnie later said, and right then and there I repented of my sins. He was restored to his wife and children and eventually became a minister of the very gospel that he had once buried beneath his underwear. (laughs) Amen. Church, we need to be reminded that the judge of the universe has declared us Forgiven and not guilty. You can clap about that. If you have asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins, His blood has forgiven you. Not of just a few of your iniquities, but of all your iniquities. Well, after taking us by the courthouse, the Lord walks us beside the hospital. Reminding us that God not only forgives our sins, but He also heals all of our diseases. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all of His benefits, who forgives all of your sins and heals all of your diseases. Now in the first service I had about 20 or 30 old people say, Amen. Yeah, come on, say, Amen. Amen. God forgives all of our diseases. How in the world does God heal all of our diseases? Well, I can tell you, church, I cannot nor do I accept the assertion of some that it is always God's will to always heal all of our diseases in this life. I mean, that would run counter to the overall teachings of the Scripture and the actual experience of every Christian who has ever lived. Now, I, I do believe if, if God wanted to heal us, He can heal us. But you know what? If, if God healed every disease that every Christian has, has ever had in their life, none of us would ever die. <laughs> I do believe God can heal. When, when, when the church comes together and prays for someone, when, when Christians earnestly pray for healing, you know what? I believe God can do that. I've seen God do that Numerous times in answers to prayer But you know what? The bigger picture is this Even Paul himself, the great apostle Was not healed of his disease Which he called a thorn in the flesh And Paul prayed about it numerous times At least three times He asked God to take that thorn in the flesh away But every time God came back and said No Paul, my grace is sufficient for you Just live with it Well what of Paul now? Well, church, if we had a telescope that we could look up into heaven and see the city of God, the new Jerusalem, there we would see the Apostle Paul healthy and happy and disease-free. Because I'm here to tell you there's no cancer in heaven. There's no heart disease in heaven. There's no high blood pressure in heaven. There are no aches and pains and depression in heaven. And God will either heal us in this life or ultimately He will heal us through the process of death. But in either case, the Bible says, by His stripes we have been healed. Third, when we're down and out, the Lord wants to remind us of something else. Not only does He walk us by the courthouse and the hospital, He also takes us to the slave market. And He shows us that we have been purchased from a cruel master, and we have been set free. We've been redeemed. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits, who forgives all your sins, who heals all your diseases, and who redeems you from the pit. Now there are some translations, like the New King James, that uses the word destruction. He redeems your life from destruction, but literally the word is pit. He redeems your life from the pit. Back in the days of slavery, some cruel masters would throw their slaves into these deep holes where they would sink down into the brackish mud. The holes were then sealed shut, and there the slave was hungry and helpless and hopeless, left in the darkness to. The rats and the rodents and the terrors of the blackness for hours or even days at a time. But this is a picture of the eternal condition the devil desires for each one of you. What we see here is a picture of what the devil wants for your life. He wants to drag you down into the pit where he's going to live for all eternity. He wants you to be in that pit of destruction with him. But the good news is this, Jesus Christ saw you and me when we were enslaved by that cruel master and he purchased us with his own blood. We are redeemed from the prince of darkness and from the pit of destruction. And the Bible says that when we place our faith in Jesus Christ God reaches down and pulls us out of that pit and places our feet on the solid rock. Jesus Christ. That's something to praise the Lord about. Well, where in the world do we go from there? Well, we go from the pit to the palace. In fact, God takes us to the very throne room. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives you of all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, and get this, who crowns you with loving kindness? And tender mercies. So when you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, guess what God puts on your head? It's a crown. Not just any old crown. It is a crown of love and compassion. It is a crown of loving kindness and tender mercies. Perhaps the single most expensive crown in the world is the one the Queen of England wears on her head. It is covered with 3,733 jewels, 2,000 of which are diamonds, over 200 pearls, 17 sapphires, 11 emeralds, and 5 rubies. But listen to me. When you and I come to Jesus Christ He crowns us with something infinitely more valuable than that. He crowns us with His loving kindness and His tender mercies. (laughs) He wore a crown of thorns so that we might wear a crown of glory. Hmm. Well, the Lord wants us to bless Him. The Lord wants us to thank Him. The Lord wants us to praise Him with all that is within us. He wants us to forget none of His benefits. So here's what He does. He takes us by the courthouse and reminds us we have been forgiven. He takes us by the hospital and reminds us that He's the one who heals all of our diseases. He takes us by the slave block and reminds us that we have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb... He takes us to the throne room and reminds us that we are crowned with love and compassion. And if that weren't enough, he finally takes us to the banquet hall. That's the place all free will Baptists love to end up. The old banquet hall. And he reminds us in the banquet hall that he meets all of our desires. Listen to this segment of scripture one more time. Bless the Lord. O my soul and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies our desires with good things. So that your youth is renewed Like the eagles. Church, when it says he satisfies our desires with good things, that implies that we have certain needs and desires in our life. So let me just ask you, what kind of needs do you have right now? Financial needs? Physical needs? Relationship needs? Maybe you need inner peace or strength. Maybe you need guidance, or or maybe you need inner healing. Do you need strength today? When we seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, He will give us all these other things. When we make Him our shepherd, we will never want for anything. When we delight ourselves in the Lord, He will give us the desires of our heart. And so in this little pep talk that David was giving to himself, he says, he satisfies our desires with good things. So that, now get this, he satisfies our desires with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. That's an interesting concept, isn't it? I'd like to feel like an eagle, (laughs) I would like what little youth I have left in me to be renewed occasionally. How about you? Let me show you one last thing to make sense of all this. If you go back to the previous Psalm 102, here the psalmist is pessimistic, he's afflicted, he's troubled. In fact, he begins Psalms 102 by saying, Hear my prayer, O Lord, let my cry for help come to you. Do not hide your face from me when I am in distress, For my days vanish like smoke. My heart is blighted and withered like grass. I even forget to eat my food. Because of my loud groaning, I am reduced to skin and bones. I am like, he said, I am like a desert owl. Like an owl alone in the ruins. So in his troubled, pessimistic state... What kind of bird does the psalmist identify with in, verse, in chapter 102? He identifies with a brooding, lonely, ponderous old owl. Sad, silent, and miserable. Reminded me of a few of you when you came in today. <laughs> Here's something cool. the very next chapter, when he remembers to praise the Lord. Over in 103, when he remembers to bless the Lord, when, when he remembers to praise God with all of his heart from top to toe, what kind of bird does he identify with? When he reminds himself of God's blessings and all the benefits that God has given to him, what does he feel like? when he strolls by the courthouse and the hospital and the auction block and the palace and ends up in the banquet hall, what bird does he identify with? An eagle, strong, majestic, soaring high. And perhaps it was this very verse that Isaiah the prophet thought of some 300 years ago. Later, when he said, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So friend, the next time you're needing a pep talk and there's nobody around to give it to you, learn the secret of strengthening yourself in the Lord. Just take a little mental tour of all the things you have today to be thankful for. I think you'll come to the conclusion, as the psalmist did, that you'll say, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. I'm going to ask that you bow your head and close your eyes. We always end our service with an invitation, call it an altar call, inviting you to come and pray at the altar and sure enough we're going to do that again today and I want to make it clear if you're here today and, and your sins have never been forgiven, you have never been declared not guilty by God, you have never allowed His grace to enter your life, you've not received that crown of loving kindness and tender mercies. You've not allowed the blood of Jesus to redeem you from the pit you're in. I certainly invite you to come today and be saved. Get your life on track. Give your heart and your all to Jesus. But the bigger part of this invitation is for everyone who is here today. Today is not going to be a day when we come and lay our petitions before God and and ask God for anything. Today I'm encouraging you After you've taken this tour with me of all the benefits God has given to us, I invite you today to come to the altar and just say thanks to God. To bless His name. To praise Him for all that He's done for you. Lord, give us the freedom to do that today in your house. To come, to praise your name, and to bless you. May our hearts and our lives be filled with that praise. And may that praise rise up to you today. Thank you for all you've done. Thank you for all your benefits. Receive our thanksgiving and our praise now in Jesus' name. Would you stand? And as they sing, why don't you come and give him praise, would you?